0: Hello everyone, I welcome you all to a fresh new episode on my podcast, Let's Talk Life's Musings. I'm really glad that uh, our guest today is going to share uh, wonderful things, uh, different facets of her life and what she was involved in all these years and I'm sure listeners you're going to have a good time listening to our conversation. Thank you so much Padmavati uh, for joining in. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you Kiran, thank you for inviting.
0: Yeah, Padmavati, can you just tell us a little about yourself?
1: Uh, about myself, I am w- an Andhraite born in Rajamantri, but because of my father's service, I grew up in the North, in Dehradun particularly uh there I did my entire schooling and then moved on to Pantnagar University for my B.Tech in Agriculture Engineering and then I did my forestry management from Hopal and then I started working in development sector it's more to do with the government and policy and all those things I started in Delhi uh, in research and consulting and then uh, after marriage I moved to Andaman's for a brief while and uh, then again came back to Andhra where my father had then after retirement came back here and settled in Nellore and presently I am in Vishakapatnam and
0: working in
1: freelancing.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for that nice introduction Um, but how is it uh, coming back to Andhra?
1: So, I was just born here. I don't have any memories related to Andhra at all. I feel Dehradun has been more of a, my hometown. Uh, right. The first language that I learned has also been Hindi. Uh, but yeah, since 2017, I've been in Andhra and since 2019, I'm in uh, Vizag. Right. And it feels good to reconnect with the place or at least the state where I was born in. And, It also helps me practice my Telugu now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So currently, what are you working as? I mean, you said you are a freelancer, right? Can you just uh, tell us about that?
1: So since 2011, I've been uh, after passing out from my management degree, I started doing a job in social sector. So that has till now uh, latched on to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's mostly about uh, working with the NGO sector, we can say for common understanding, but it also involves government uh, sector programs or any uh, CSR-related something which is done for the development and livelihoods, something like that. So I work with uh, organizations right now on a freelance basis since 2020, and I work in various studies, whichever are assignment-related, which want to understand a certain perspective of a place
0: yeah right it's a kind of a different profile I have never yeah. interviewed anybody I've never heard I mean there are people who are doing all of this but I think yes. it's a first for me to to understand yeah. what you have been doing yeah I know yeah uh, let's talk about that uh, thing that uh, thing you did about you know Rishikunda beach yeah, mm-hmm. can you just tell us about that uh, even that happened?
1: Yeah, so briefly uh, in 2019 along with my husband Subhash who is a scuba diving instructor, we planned to start our own scuba diving center here in BISAC seeing the potential of this place
0: right. and
1: uh, later on because of off-season and all those things and being close to Rishikunda Beach, we used to go each day for swimming there mm-hmm. and Slowly, we realized that whenever we are swimming, there is some waste, plastic or something that is latching onto our legs. Uh, slowly, we didn't find it really uh, okay scenario. So, we have our goggles and masks uh, with, through which we can see in underwater. So, we brought them once and we saw under the water and it was a heartbreaking scene, like it was a dustbin underwater everything was lying down there, packets and packets, and a lot of clothes. And instantaneously, nobody told us anything, but we just started picking it up. And once we started picking it up, we could only do little bit on the day one, and then we thought we'd come again. And this became our habit, and we continued that for almost 62 rounds, and we cleared almost 20,000 kilos of wet waste. And uh, eventually we were recognized by the media also. And uh, in November, 2019, our prime minister spoke about it on his Manki Baat program. And then we have been uh, covered in various channels in History TV and recently we gave a TED talk on the same. This is in brief <laughs> about this, Shivani.
0: Sure. Hey. But uh, really, I mean, the kind of work you got involved with, you know, like you said, 20,000 kilos and there's more, right? Yeah. And you rightly said, dustbin under the sea, right? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. a sad state of affairs, in fact, you know, because people yes. and, uh, I mean, government policy as well as citizens have to understand it should come from yeah. an individual level, right? Rather than only blaming the government. What do you tell uh, say about this?
1: I think each stakeholder has a role to play and if even one stakeholder doesn't play that role it is difficult like plastic coming into the ocean is the ultimate thing which happens you may throw a wrapper somewhere in the hills but from the rivers and the drains and everything it will end up in the sea and like ocean has become a really a dustbin and if you can see there is a great pacific patch on if you research about that a little bit so it is almost like a continent of floating garbage so that is one part and then another part is the garbage that goes down into the sea so nobody can clear that up but you are causing havoc with just one thing which you we as humans are producing so Yes, so every stakeholder be it government or we as an individual or some corporate organization especially the packaging industry needs to rethink everything and Mm. every shop one single use plastic has to go away otherwise there is no solution. Secondly, water bottles, why do we need so many water bottles, why can't we refill? We were doing that in our earlier days, but now everyone wants to buy bottled water. So we have to change those habits a lot. So it will be a huge herculean challenge, but if we don't do it somehow in the end, we are going to be disturbed because marine environment will ultimately affect our own lives too.
0: I think, uh, uh, like you said, you know, all stakeholders involved have to take the responsibility. So yeah. one way or the other, we are all responsible for what's actually happening, right? Yes. Because whenever I go to the beach uh, with my kids, uh, I always see the, I mean, the shores are littered with this plastic spoons, plastic cups, their are packets of curd and lassi and a lot of things, you know, and then there are the based on the religious beliefs. Uh, the flowers are there, but along with the flowers, the flowers are put in a plastic tied up and then yes. it's floating there. Yes. And then there are plastic bottles. So I keep telling my kids, I know I need to find out somebody. If, uh, I mean, whoever is doing this, I need to join hands with them. Because, you know, I, I, looking at this, okay, right now we're trying to enjoy, you're trying to boost tourism. People are coming in, you're getting uh, a little boost on that side. But, you know, people are just littering the place. And I'm thinking, like, what? What is the future going to be for my kids, right? If it is going, if it is like this, and how yeah. is the future going to be for my kids, and what are they going to live in, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and what are we showing? I mean, what kind of world are we getting ready for them, right? Yeah. And even in exactly. fact, all, yeah, all I mean, marine conservation, like you uh, just mentioned, if the shore or if just the uh, shallow uh, lengths of the oceans are like this. And like you said, so much gets inside and that cannot even be cleaned. So, its I mean, it's already causing a lot of havoc on the marine life. So, yeah, yeah, uh, it's really difficult if people don't take responsibility, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And from the marine life also, it comes back to us because many people eat fish and seafood. So, the plastic breaks down over the years and it becomes microplastic and then again you are consuming it in one way or the other. Now recently there was a research which found out that microplastics have been found in human body also in blood. So, you see we will get affected one way or the other.
0: Either you do something about it or you kind of get affected and like you said, the research has just shown it's found in human blood. I think over the years, I mean whatever we are doing now, the result will be, I think our generations to come will suffer this. Yeah. Yeah, but what do you think, what can we do as citizens? I mean definitely like what you did out of your own will, you know, but we also need support from the government, right? So, after that, did you get anything, any support from anybody or somebody came forward to, after all the attention that you got?
1: <laughs> <laughs> not really, I won't say uh, except for the media and uh, these things, uh, right. individuals who supported us, the right. government didn't support us and uh, it always became after that a game of who does what and not really the issue was highlighted because it should have been taken to the next level after the government saw that somebody is doing this they can come forward and help but nobody came forward so priorities are different I think for policymakers. makers so it, we can't do anything about it but yeah as an individual I suggest whatever we can do we should do at least start being the change and not wait for somebody and participate in cleanups or something like that not because you will be able to clean because it's not possible to clean everything but the thing is you get that realization unless you do it you see it for yourself you uh, sense it yourself you don't feel committed to the cause so everything we do only when we are related to it or we see it closely so just have that habit of sometimes volunteering and try and see what kind of waste is coming how we can reduce that and whenever possible educate others also that's all we can do i
0: think i think what you said was about uh, getting that realization you know that's more important because what happens usually in these cleanups is people do come forward they come with their zeal and zest to all do all of this it (laughs) definitely they do it on that side and then their photos (laughs) click and then their status is updated and it's yeah. on the media everywhere that's good i mean and then yes. maybe for a day maybe a day for yeah. that and people are coming out large numbers fine photos ke theek hai. Yeah. but what mm. about that realization like you said and coming back home mm. and from where do you start are you really making yeah. a difference in your own life right yes yeah yeah, yeah. Because, you know, on the Vaisak beach also, I could see um, the drainage from the city mixing up into the waters. Mm. And like you said, very importantly, not only people living across the coast, but also on the mountains, anywhere, you know. All the water, mm. like you said, from the rivers coming into the sea. So, a tiny wrapper there also does make a difference, yes. you know. Yes. So, somewhere everybody... in Across uh, all the places, you know, that awareness and realization is definitely required, right?
1: Yes. And hopefully policymakers also realize it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, only then I think.
1: Actual change will come from there.
0: Right. Yeah. So actual change and uh, the awareness, realization coupled with the policymakers. Yeah. You know,
1: somehow we have to encourage innovative ideas and especially in the packaging because I see whatever we pick up from the ocean maximum is curd and milk packets and whatever Mm -hmm. packets you find in a grocery store. So, we really need to do something about that. Either change the packaging or have something so that we don't have so many packets piling up. Especially milk packets, like you buy it every day. So, there are so many packets coming up. And second most what I see is clothes Clothes. so fashion also is changing life so I was a shopaholic before and after seeing that it made me sad and I have stopped shopping and I am reusing my stuff even if it is torn I I try to wear it again because again we are contributing to the waste so textile industry and packaging industry for me is the major thing which has to be changed, especially bottled waters, milk, the daily basis things which are being produced in millions and millions which are of no use afterwards. So something has to be done.
0: Yeah, in fact, the thing that you mentioned about the textile industry and also about these plastic water bottles, you know, not only the water can that we are getting but also the tiny, tiny bottles. I mean, there are so many weddings, there are so many functions going on. Uh, Functions used to happen before also, we used to have celebrations, weddings before but these days you know, that uh, show off of uh, I mean doing it in a different style, maybe it's a destination wedding over the beach but then so much of waste is generated, I'm especially talking about this plastic bottles you know, like somebody's just drunk a uh, a bit of it and the bottle is just left you know, yes, (laughs) it's simply a waste and it's just adding up to it, right, yes. So uh, Padma, how was your, uh, I mean, uh, childhood experience? How was your schooling in Dehradun? Let's talk about that. (laughs) So,
1: it's been a long time now and I had never remembered much of my school days because I was a very quiet and shy person. So, it just passed. It was good actually growing up in Dehradun because it's quite different. Uh, Right now it has become a capital city and changed a lot but when I was growing up it was like a very remote kind of a destination like people didn't know where is it and it was like a forested area and my father was in Wildlife Institute of India so they uh, made a nice uh, office and colony in the jungle area only and it was really beautiful. I remember that campus even now and I used to wish like I want an office like that, it was okay. really nice and then yeah mountains of Missouri, we could see the hill stations and it was a very laid back place, very beautiful, clean and nature was like in abundance so I was really happy growing up there, yeah that's what I remember, Um. the office area,
0: yeah. Right. Um, but you know, like you said, things have changed now, right. Yeah. It's kind of become commercial since it's become the capital also. And now yeah. everybody knows all these places thanks to the media and uh, <laughs> I mean, tourism boost. Uh, in a way, it's good. It definitely yeah. helps the economy. But uh, I think yeah. on the other side, it's also affecting our environment, you know, mm. tourists are not responsible enough. Right? Mm. Like people are yeah. coming here across the coast, there are people going, visiting uh, hill stations yeah. and places around there, so yes. it, that that is the thing to worry, right?
1: <laughs> yes, like <laughs> development has to happen but sustainably, so even wise we see sustainability is not considered when doing changes. If we see Rishikonda hill also, it has been dug out and everything is commercialized, concretized. So, I don't think sustainability is considered anywhere right
0: now. Uh, I think on the face of it, I everybody says sustainable project hai, eco-friendly project. <laughs> but for them yeah. eco-friendly is like a plant, make a Japanese <laughs> style of a garden <laughs> and plant yeah. trees inside the community or make up a gated community. And the sad state yes. of affairs, in fact, like in a city uh, like Bangalore, if you take that matter, the, the flats are lying vacant, you know. People are trying to, the real estate has, market has taken a backstreet and people are trying to reduce the rent rentals because there's nobody to occupy, especially after the pandemic, everybody yeah. has gone home, work from home has started happening and all the flats yeah. are lying vacant. And in the name of development, Bangalore is now uh, like, I mean, uh, we don't feel like going back to the Bangalore like it was in those days. Like your dehradun those days. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Bangalore used to be called the garden city, but it's become the traffic city, garbage. I don't know. What do we name it? It's lost. It's just charming. The weather has changed a lot. Weather, yeah, definitely. I mean, all of it affects the environment, right? Yeah. Suddenly there's an IT boom, there's so many companies, the buildings are getting constructed, urbanization is happening. Mm-hmm. And people are uh, coming in because of the jobs that started from 2000 mm-hmm. onwards. People started mm-hmm. uh, migrating from north or different places because there are opportunities here, jobs were created here. But the city is kind of clogged off, you know, because of all of this, right? Yeah, correct. So, uh, so I think everything has its pros and cons. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> when, when we talk about marine conservation or, you know, environmental issues, Somewhere, urbanization has uh, contributed a lot. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: And we really don't uh, think seriously about it, I don't know why. And I recently saw that, that movie, Don't Look Up, if you have seen that movie. Like, it's like we are ignoring something which is evident. Even the scientists have said there are evidences that climate change is happening and things are changing. Even then people are not worried. Like सबको अपना लगाया you है कि अपना you का देख लेते
0: हैं अभी का very short sighted we are <laughs> yes yes I mean definitely everybody is trying to earn you know पैसा तो आ रहा है लेकिन पैसे को मतलब आएगा तो कहाँ invest करें question <laughs> and invest करें घर कितने उसके <laughs> <laughs> so you are like kind of piling up piling and then you don't know what to do with them You tension exactly. I don't see what the point in accumulating yeah. <laughs> so I don't know there's a, the balance is, the balance is gone now you know we are trying yes. there's a lot of positive news also happening there yeah. are people who are working and volunteering for all of this but it will yeah. not be possible until you know majority of the population take it seriously yes. like you said
1: it has to be hundred percent, otherwise yes. it doesn't work. Yes, we are yes. just in a minority right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, but uh, I think, you know, this is going to change. Any tips from your side? I mean, like you already said, but anything else that you would want to tell? I think
1: I don't know. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed, so Ooh. I try not to think too much because even yes. if I want to be zero waste it's not possible practically (laughs) so yeah we can only do up to a certain extent and immediately maybe we list down top three things that we can change from right now everyone can start doing that especially carry their own water bottles and uh, their grocery bag these are simple things we already carry so much Uh, we can just put one two things more and just reduce the number of plastic bags coming in and yeah waste disposal has to be proper don't throw it on the road it's as simple as that throw it in a dustbin and just list down what else you can do like coconut water everyone wants to drink in summers so carry a reusable straw something like those things will change a lot of things
0: Yeah, like you just mentioned coconut water. (laughs) Now, we are trying to go natural and drink coconut water but all these days I can see plastic bottles hanging. Uh, My last two years, uh, sugarcane juice is so good. It's such uh, cooling juice uh, during summers, you know coconut water is but then I see this plastic bottles hanging. I said, Why, Amma? Why have you kept it? No, people parcel it. Ja they take it in this <laughs> plastic. Bo- I said, The moment you put in plastic, your food is gone. <laughs> what value will it have by the time you consume it? At ek, so you're adding up. And then this plastic yeah. also spoils the food inside. The cooking exactly. water is not that nutritive when you put it in a plastic cover or a bottle. Exactly. So it's, it's like in a zigzag way, you know? It's hung is...
1: Coconut water is already coming in you know, a packaging by the nature.
0: So, right.
1: I have seen that people uh, in some areas they parcel it in a way that they cut it in a way that you can just open it on uh-huh. the chain right. and they tie it up together. I don't know why we need another plastic bottle for that. We can ah. just give the entire coconut.
0: <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> I think we all always try to go out the no? easy way out yeah, yeah. Just, like to say nah, abhi kya just now okay this sorted this sorted because yeah. we have created so much of tension around us you know unnecessarily <laughs> like hey, chuti, yeah. chuti man, it's okay Kaun ispe dhyan dega? Uh-huh. <laughs> i yeah. usually do that i uh, cut the top uh, part of the coconut take it home and then my boys like are you i said no let it be let the straw be there <laughs> there yeah. are anyways more people like even I do that, yeah. I uh, whenever I go to the fruit vendors or wherever I try to go, I said, I don't want plastic covers. You please give, I take my own basket or my own bags. And uh, some of them do tell, ma'am, you're here uh, telling no, no plastics. And then there are people, there is somebody asking, even for a little one banana, they're like, give me a plastic cover. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that has to stop.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, you know, laid back attitude of people, you know. Uh-huh. Plastic, they don't know why it's there, it's there, it's available. Yeah. So why don't you give? Most of the time, sometimes even I tell for the grapes and all. No? See grapes, you can't just hold it in a hand. So it's like newspaper, you keep a newspaper. oh no? I'll take it in that. And, but uh, hopefully more people will uh, get uh, aware of what we are kind of uh, I mean the points that we are discussing on. And hopefully yeah. when they listen to this conversation, somewhere, you know, at least a little bit yes. of that awareness strikes in them. <laughs> and yeah. people get serious about these issues and yeah. uh, start off from home, like you said, no, top three things, what we can do simply at home, you know, Yeah.
1: So
0: that, that can be definitely done, you know, and in a way, then we'll be teaching our future generations also, right, if yeah. you tell, because the, whatever said and done, in schools, the awareness is done, speeches are given, children are making charts, but like you said, the realization, for the, cleaners, the same way here itself you know children are aware, children mm. do understand you know but then when they come back home they are the cans of coca-cola plastic bottles or I mean
1: yeah
0: back to square one right. again yeah. exactly <laughs> right so hopefully I think somewhere yeah. our condition will make a difference
1: yeah and the same way when we go out for tourism purposes also, we carry a lot of plastic and leave it there. And especially yeah. we go to a place where there is less uh, infrastructure for waste management or things like that. So we should always keep them in our bags and bring it back to the extent possible. I have seen damage of Lambasinghi and Arapu these areas. It's not possible to manage waste there with the, with oh. the tribal cultures and everything. Right. So people should be aware where they are going and if there is yes. no dustbin, keep it in your bag, bring it back,
0: yes.
1: put it after you come back. It's yes. just a plastic bag, carry some other ziploc bags also but don't throw it there.
0: Yeah, you, you just mentioned a very good point, you know, in the name of tourism, we're kind of invading these tribal communities, their cultures yeah. and then we're trying to endorse it endorse the place it's a beautiful place but then yeah. what you leave there is in fact the yeah. opposite of what you went there for actually right exactly so you're trying yes. to tell people you come and visit them i mean you give them a chance and all that but what are you leaving yeah. behind for them and for yourself yeah. so when yeah. your children go down 25 years 30 years down the lane what will they find there you know <laughs> and and uh, like you just said it's not easy to manage based at those places right mm. yeah we are just
1: polluting the environment, that's all, on the name of tourism. Tourism So let's be responsible
0: citizens in that way, at least. Yes, yes, definitely, because a lot of tourism is now happening in the wake of, you know, a gap that happened. Especially local (laughs) tourism has got a boost. Yes. (laughs) But I think it should be responsible tourism, like you said. Yes. People be aware of, I mean, at least take a plastic bag to the nearest place where you can throw it in a proper way.
1: And one more thing that I found on beaches is like broken shreds of glass like people yeah. drink beer and oh. alcohol and they break it there Yeah. and once my friend got uh, injured also because of that glass shred yes. because people walk uh, barefoot on the sand they like sand. doing that right Yeah. and you are breaking the glass there and People why, will get injured definitely. Why if we have to break the glass, I don't know. <laughs> carry that bottle back, dude, Please <laughs> drink as much as <laughs> you want. That's up to you. Yeah. But carry that bag. Don't break it there.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just uh, wanted to reflect on this point also because just like that, your friend got injured uh, two days back. Like I mentioned, you we went to RK Beach. Between the stones, you know, there's a shred of glass of a broken bottle. And it got stuck in the rocks. I tried to like touch it. It was already struck. And it's so sharp, you know. And yeah. children are playing there. And people are going But It's just near the shore itself. It's really yes. dangerous. And I saw a lot of bottles exactly. too, like you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why, like you said, they break bottles. <laughs> yeah. You go there to enjoy the beach. And you might as well, like your friend, get injured and come out. Bad experiences, but I know. The same thing when I just saw saw that, it was just shooting up like this. I said, Yes. (laughs) It is sad. But uh, Padma, tell me something. What do you do in your free time otherwise, apart from what you're doing as a Uh. freelance?
1: Actually, I've been traveling. Uh, I like to travel a lot. Due to my job, I couldn't travel for the past 7-8 years and then COVID came. Uh, right. So again, now I've, I'm starting rekindling with my travel. And this freelance job doesn't give me that much money. So I try to save for some time and then travel <laughs> wherever I can. And that's the only thing that actually uh, Uh, feels like this is worth living for for me and uh, it also helps me mentally as a therapist also (laughs) so I always want to do something or the other explore my own country first of all and and it's also about the right kind of company so sometimes if I get that company it's really good I'm meeting people when you travel and uh, learning different cultures and experiences, local experiences. I don't go, um, I like slow travel. I don't like go to check off a bucket list or something. I can go to a place and just lie down and absorb the atmosphere and not do the must-do items there. I'll just go and go with the flow, enjoy the uh, conversations you have with strangers or just the food there or something like that. So that's my interest.
0: I can see like uh, as you tell about as you were just mentioning about all of this I could see how happy you were so it's like (laughs) your happy state you know traveling like this yes yeah so you have uh, traveled as a solo traveler have you done
1: uh, done that Uh, luckily I always got a good company Uh, it's not like I go in a group but always like one or one girl at least while I was working in Delhi actually I traveled a lot uh, it was like around three years, 2011 to 2013, approximately. So I always got other girls who were equally inspired because I always waited for somebody to take me. I am a only child and a very conservation. Like my father never allowed me to go anywhere. So I was always dependent. But once I started working, I was independent. I had a salary. Uh, I was in Delhi where I had freedom for the first time. <laughs> in my life but then I asked my friends around like I I kept on asking like let's plan this let's plan that but everyone used to drop out eventually then I decided that I will go no matter what I have wasted my whole life like I was turning 25 that year so I just booked a ticket to Goa with one friend who agreed to come and we went there and that was how it kick started and then I started traveling to some places where already a friend is staying and my first uh, or bigger one was to Ladakh uh, that I actually planned solo and then I was doing some planning because my friends, everyone promised but they backed out and then I was (laughs) like this time I am going no matter what then I was researching how to go solo and all that then I saw a blog about Ladakh Called devil on wheels and then I just posted a comment that I am going alone because my friends dropped out so I need some tips from you so he has a very good information on that blog okay so another girl saw that post and she said my friends also ditched me so let's join together and we'll go together lovely <laughs> so that's how I went for my first trip with a stranger complete stranger and it was really good uh, we explored a lot of places and that actually kickstarted things as a solo traveler for me. And I'm not that afraid of strangers anymore. <laughs> that was like a life changing experience for me and also understanding how travel works. And from then on, there was no looking back. And after seeing me doing that, I always got some other people around me, like office colleagues or somebody who also wanted to travel because, but they couldn't. So they always were like let's go together, so we used to just go, Delhi had a lot of opportunities that way, which I think Isaac is missing, I don't get that company here, but in Delhi it was easy to get (laughs) anybody, so there were a lot of meetup groups as well, so I used to travel with them also, yeah, met a lot of strangers who are friends then. (laughs)
0: Uh, I really enjoyed your uh, conversation about this. I mean, uh, whatever experiences you shared with uh, me, it was really nice to know how your journey, you know, it started off like as a child, you said you're kind of an introvert or maybe you're shy. You would not open up much, right? And with upbringing that you had, a protective upbringing. So I think once you got financially independent and that Ladakh, you know, like you said, made a difference there you know yeah yes (laughs) but it's really nice that you found your calling, right and then you've been looking forward to travel right yes (laughs) yeah but i think it's important you know for people to travel and understand the local culture because these experiences are life changing right yes somewhere you know you realize like you just said what is it worth for i mean this is it right
1: yeah Mine is more of like rural and experiential travels. I'll like those things more than going to the very crowded and overrated Sports. places. <laughs> I'll always avoid them and just spend a day in a rural homestay which gives more satisfaction than anything else.
0: And I think these days a lot of people are doing trying to do that. Because with these usual spots, there are already a lot of people who want to do that bucket list, you know. Then there are people who just want to get away from the hustle and bustle of the city and just go to these places, like you said, experience the rural, uh, you know, culture, their cuisine, you know, what you don't get here and what you get there. Because it's funny on one side, there are tourists who would want to go and eat uh, pizza and burger in uh, Shimla. (laughs) there's lovely cuisine there. Himachali food is so tasty maybe they want to go to somewhere else but still you know um, uh, I follow Rujuta Divekar Uh, Uh they are nutritionist so she was telling her partner has a company which takes uh, people to Himalayas and they have some adventure activities that keep happening so once they had a group of kids from Bombay uh, they were uh, parents were informed not to send any packaged food, not and any chips. Anything. But the bags were already loaded. Mothers had already loaded them. And the moment <laughs> they reached there, uh, Rujita discovered all of them <laughs> at this, and uh, and none of them were even ready to uh, touch the food what was served there. You know, morning. Yes. So she was really blunt with them and gave them a good scolding and at that <laughs> piece, I think they were boys and girls of uh, maybe they were around 13 or 14 year olds and at the end of the conversation one boy said, madam look at them and they got the realization so all of them took that you know kept it aside the chips or whatever they had bought all of them had a good hearty meal <laughs> and uh, maybe you, you didn't have everything, but at least they went and had something of it, you know. Yeah. So, somewhere, you know, yeah. <laughs> it all starts at home. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and definitely children would go forward and uh, have, uh, I mean, if you encourage that, definitely I think they look forward to that. Because uh, wherever we stay, we are already having a lot of junk. At least, when you go to such places, it's important to get the taste of the place, right? Correct, correct. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, thank you so much, Padma, for uh, joining me on today's episode. But how did you feel today, being a part of this? I felt
1: really good talking with you (laughs) about these things. And really, thank you for inviting me. And I'm hoping that people will change a little bit and Uh, try to make this world a better place to live in.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Padma. On that uh, final note, I'd like to end today's episode.